Good morning, everyone. We're in the podcast studio. Today we're doing a Refugee Week podcast and the main theme is healing. Uh, my name is Achud. I work here as a mental health coordinator at North Richmond Community Health. And I have Marianne Mohammed and Martha Munchping. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Martha Munchping. I work as a community consumer liaison in Community Health Center. Hi, my name is Marianne Mohammed, and I work healthy and well-being team. Yeah. So yeah, so the questions, you know, we're gonna explore the theme of healing. Like that's the theme that's been given by the UN this year. Like, what inspires you about the themes of healing, and what questions does it bring for you? For example, how do you know that one is healed? One does. When does healing start? So Martha, how do you know that? you know, you have healed or like when do you know that healing has begun? First of all, I might say healing when you feel at peace with yourself. For a person to know that they are healed, they have to feel at peace with themselves and with the environment around them. So to me, I think if you know when to do in your life and you know where you're able to find the the question you have in your mind, that's going to be easy for you to move ahead in your life. Mm. But some people struggle because they don't know where to go and they don't know how they're able to find the information they have in. So if you the answer, what you're looking for, it's easy for you to heal and move forward in your life. I'm interested to know, like for both of you, like what strategies like do you use, you know, like uh, to heal? Like for me, for example, I like to like reflect a lot and I also like to write. Or like just as well, uh, kind of uh, acknowledging that you're hurt and something needs to heal while uh, beginning that process, whether it's by going to a counselor to discuss these things in a very deep you know, way, just to unpack a lot of it. So yeah, these are some of the strategies I use to heal. So I'm interested to know like what strategies I do you use to heal. Uh, the strategies of how people heal my may very best depends on the environment they are in. Mm. If I have to go back to Africa, people heal differently from uh, where we live, Australia. People heal also differently. And if I have to to speak about Africa back home, then I'm like, how do people heal in Africa when they are in hurt or trauma or any issues they've got into? And when I uh, did my own investigation through my auntie, who had went through grieving of his his her husband? He actually said she listened to songs, the older songs of their of their marriage. Aww. And then when that those pl- songs plays, she mm-hmm. cries, and when she cries, it gives her peace that at least th- that they have done something, that they were hero, that they have achieved something, even if time has come and then her husband has died. Mm-hmm. And then she said some of our healing is that we. If you see a woman wake up in the morning and then they clean the house or or do make sure that they they, they, they they are happy and they are dancing and they are putting their best clothes on, mm. that's mean they are they are trying to look for healing, they are healing. That's an African way of doing or when they want to heal back in Africa, they will take the best material to sew. Mm. The best material in the house or the best pot 
and they will sow beads at the back of the pots. Yeah. And it takes time for them to do that. And when they're doing that, they are healing in the process. Yeah. This is how I can relate healing back in Africa. Yeah. But healing in Australia, it's completely different. Since I have arrived in Australia, mm. I have found out that you have to search for healing yourself. Yeah. It's a self-search. And you have mm. to go through it by finding out what are the resources available mm. that helps people to heal mm. and use those resources. For example, gym, yeah. sauna, yeah. work, yeah. music, and much more other things. Yeah, it's true. It can be a very lonely process. And from what do I know about you, like you're a big church goer. Mm. Like, do you find that, you know, going to church and worshiping like helps, you know, in your, you know, with your healing or anything like that? Yes, you have mentioned something very important. Mm. Even though God is all one. I'm a big woman of faith, and faith comes from what you believe, and that what you believe is the one that heals you, and you believe that it will heal you. So I believe that my faith has healed me from whatever that has gone through my life. But I also have to add my own, which is searching for my own healing within myself. Even mm. though I had a spiritual healing, mm. I also need a physical healing. Yeah. And I, I need mind healing. I need mm. other healing to combine with mm. my spiritual healing. And that's come. That's great who I am. What yeah. about you, Marianne? What strategies do you <clears throat> use? Yeah, it's a lot. I come to Australia 2011 and I've been in refugee camp. So, you know, there is many struggles and different healing compared where you are. So mm. back home, for example, Kakume refugee camp, there is a lot of trauma issue. There's a different nationality who live there. Mm -hmm. And I remember my salary was one month, $50. Yeah. So that $50, you work in five days. Yeah. And, you know, you feel proud of yourself to get that $50. And yeah. I remember my interview coming to Australia. I was Australian embassy in Nairobi, and he asked me, do you work? And I say, yes, what kind of job do you do? I'm a community counselor in Kakuma Refugee Camp. And he asked me, how much do you earn? And I was saying, like $50. And he was like, is that per hour? And I said, no, is that per day? No, that's whole month. Mm -hmm. You're getting for $50. And he asked me, how do I manage $50? I say, I pay my salary. I get my salary. I pay my rent where I live. So and managing that $50, you know, and growing up like it's such a civil war place. Mm. I born in Mogadishu. When I born the fighting, it started. Yeah. So always I'm kind of my life like running up and down since mm. I come to Australia. So coming to Australia in six months, I found it a job because mm. the struggle I've been. Yeah. And being in Kakoma refugee camp, working, you know, Barmansi $50, Coming in Australia, I was thinking like I'm a rich person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do I remember getting my salary from Collingwood College? Mm. It was like one thousand plus two weeks. Mm. I get cash out, I put it, you know, wardrobe, yeah. and I telling my daddy, "This is the money, daddy. I don't know what to do. It's a lot of money just to use it." <laughs> and my friend is like, you know, from New Zealand. Yeah. And she was like the best friend I ever have. And she was a big sister for me coming to Australia, telling me, Marianne, what do you do? Your money when you get, I said, I put the wardrobe. I tell my daddy, what is the money? I don't know what to do. This all money. 
<laughs> yeah. And it was funny looking back, you know, yeah. that. And like, you know, that kind of helped me. Because when you walk in like a $50 bromance mm-hmm. and you was happy going workshops, doing business development in Jamaica, yeah. you know, healing. You, I was a part of healing many different nationality in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I see many people struggling. And that's my man. And I'm saying all the refugees around the world, you know, there is a open door for you and don't ever give up you know no matter where you are be hopeful don't ever give up when day you get your way yeah mm. as soon as i born i was a civil war mm. i see difficulties but here it was like you know marianne this is your time you're able to do much better in your life and if i struggle inside i just look back mm. and see look where you come from and look what I got gifts you in front of. And I support and donate a lot of money, people in hunger. So, and if someone new to Australia and they struggling, like, you know, family violence, I try to save them. And I save many women mm. for family violence. So I like helping people and reach out. And, you know, I just give information because it was easy for me when I come because I meet the right people. Yeah. So I've been in neighborhood, brotherhood, neighborhood, mm. and I think that kind of coming in Australia, how do you able to get a job? Yeah. That kind of process helping me. In two weeks' time of that workshop, I funded a job. Yeah. So when you get right people and right information, as I said, you know, you struggle and healing will be easy for you. Yeah. I think that helps me to reach where I am today. I'm, I've been in Australia like almost 11 years now. I'm a mother of two boys, single mother, very strong mentally and physically, I can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, being a refugee is, is not mean like you don't have a home. We are have a home. And home is Australia for us now. But we don't forget where we come from and how... Where who we are is still, I'm Australian Somali woman, mm-hmm. and I'm proud of like you know be Somali Australian woman, yeah. And you know just to feel good where you come from, but don't give up and feel it like you know I'm a refugee. Yes, we are refugee, but now we are Australian citizen, yeah. And there is a big door in front of us, yeah. And one day we hope our home will be peaceful, and. We got our family back all together. Let's hope fully, you know, refugee is not going to be all in our life. What prevents people in Australia from healing? Like what prevents refugees? For example, like the current situation of asylum seekers and uh, political opinions, you know, Australian have like particularly on refugees. I know, you know, for a fact, the number of like African refugees has like pretty much, you know, decreased. We don't get a lot of refugees from Africa. And when there was like, you know, conflicts, like for example, in Syria and in Afghanistan, like there has to be like a lot of negotiation for Mm -hmm. Australia to take people in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of these people, you know, end up in like in detention center like Mm -hmm. so what do you think prevents people generally from healing those who are in detention centers and those who just come you know into the community i can take myself as an example of when i came Mm -hmm. and the few things that i've struggled with in my newly coming i came in 2004 and when i first came i settled down though i had went to school already and had a little english Mm -hmm. 
and background of knowledge of education that came with me. I had also struggled through. After that, I thought about people who have not actually really had any knowledge or understanding of coming to a Western world. How would they have come? Even me, who had come with like half knowledge of how to speak English, how to communicate, I had also went through struggle just to arrive in Australia. Mm -hmm. So if, if I could struggle, imagine those who have not completely had any knowledge of education, that would have been very hard for them. I, it was hard for me to actually understand that with the age I came, I can sit in a class of year 10. That was the level I was labeled when I come. My English was labeled as year 10. Mm. And finding myself as a young, big girl, you know, taller and among the children to sit in year 10, I, I found I found it very challenging. And I'm like, I can't sit among these children. These are just children. What am I doing here? So then I have yeah. to search for adult education mm. where I had to go for foundation knowledge, like foundation education, where it will allow me now to even do certificate one or two. Yeah. I was not even allowed to do certificate one or two yeah. in English until I have foundation, foundation English. Yeah. So I went for those hours they used to give. The government used to give you three hours to study. I went and did my free hours, then did foundation English. And then from there, I was allowed to even do a certificate two. Mm-hmm. That allows me to do certificate three and four mm-hmm. and then five and then diploma. So it is a process. And one of the challenges that I can say is the most challenges of anybody or all the refugees that arrive in Australia. And that the thing that make them not heal off years after even 10 years, 15 years, mm-hmm. is that they came as a non-speaking English background yeah. and found it hard to settle because of lack of communication. I used to work in Sydney as uh, they call it in Migrant Resources Centre and I used to work with newly arrived uh, refugees. And my first job after I've done my certificate was to arrive, uh, receive the new arrival from airport to their home. Mm. Yes, I remember in Sydney. And that was my job after I did my certificate three in community service. So I did that job. And one of the most challenges that I found out in that job is that the the family that I used to serve and help those families, if I wasn't there to help them, they would have ended up going to the shopping center and end up buying food that are for pets Mm. because they will not understand that this food is for a pet or this food is for a human being. Those differences, nobody looks at them. And when new arrived person come to Australia, and they just given given a house, four bedroom, mm. and left there. Yeah, completely left there. Nobody check on them. Nobody take them to appointment. Nobody even explain a paper written to them as a as a letter, an important yeah. letter. That can be very challenging, and I found those challenging. That's why they were not able to do English course. They were not able to even find job. They were not able to integrate properly like mm. they they should. Have resources not been provided? Yes. There was English resources provided. There were courses provided. The problem is they didn't even know how to search for them. Yeah. I should they didn't even know how to search for them. Nobody redirected them. Mm. So in if this is what what they're doing now where they are employing people like me and Mariam and you to work as community leaders Mm. to be able to liberate and help our community. If this was started back then, our community, most of them would have got help. And most of them would have healed because us would have gone and helped them early. Mm. But because the issue was not seen as a problem, 
Mm. And it's now seen as a problem that a community leader or a community representative from the same community has to be employed to be able to work closer with the community mm. between organizations. It's very such an important thing now mm. than it was before because it was not available before. So That's our true. people felt disadvantaged and most of them have not acquired the knowledge, the understanding and everything they need to be able to resettle in Australia and make living. Yeah, wow. You make actually an amazing yeah. point, Martha. And I agree definitely. Like I keep saying like why when people like us in employment, like there was a few, but there wasn't a lot of us in employment back yep. then. Yes. And actually you say the same thing. Like my mom makes, you know, the same point. She was like, she looks at me and my sister were both uni graduates. And she was she says to us, like, if you both like with very good English, uni graduates can struggle to navigate the system. How about me, who has never finished, you know, mm. like high school education, who had to learn most of my English here, like, you know, so what What about us? So of course, you know, there's very little chance for us. And, you know, most parents actually like kind of like depend on their children, for example, to like uh, interpret to, yeah, papers interpret and things them, like yeah. that. Like I, yeah, letters. Yeah, letters mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these things. So, yeah, it's quite tough, to be honest. And yeah, and this like bicultural work and community engagement work, culture and linguistic diverse people needs to be seen as, you know, as something that's vital into settlement. And it needs to be invested at. Yeah. And need to be taken serious by all organizations. Yeah. And they need to push it and employ more yeah. uh, bilingual speakers, yeah. leaders in the community. Mm. These are the people that will navigate and actually yeah. find what is the problem in the community and yeah. then they will bring that solution yeah. to the organization. And unfortunately, in a way, at the moment, even though we're doing the work from the, like, you know, the grassroots, yeah. in a way, we're still challenged, you know, by, like, building that trust again from our community. Yes. Because they've tried for so many years and nothing's working out. So when we come through, like, you know, there's, like, that lack of hope, like, why would I come to you? Why would I believe you? Why would you? I trust you? Yeah. So yeah. it's like... What is new now? So our work is very, very challenging, actually, you know? I actually find it challenging because one day, as I was actually talking with somebody, mm. the question was, what are you getting out of it? Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I'm not getting anything out of here. I'm trying to help you. Do you see me as helping you? Yeah. Or do you see me like I'm getting something out of this one? Yeah. He said, because a lot of people like you came to me and asked me of the same thing mm. and have never ha- have any answer. Mm. So it's the same thing. That's yeah. what you actually did just said. Yeah. It's true. There's trust need to be built. Yeah. It's true. This is Mia, and I'm at the Stories of the Pandemic exhibition at Richmond Town Hall, which is showcasing artwork by residents of the Richmond Housing Estate in recognition of Refugee Week. Let's talk to Susanna about one of her art pieces. What inspired you to draw the chair? So isolation um, and lockdown basically showed me that a chair was your only best friend left. There were also, even the royalties would have only sat down on a chair. So the royalties would also had no other place to have been but on their chair during their lockdowns and isolation time. Mayor Sophie Wade was also at the exhibition. 
What are your impressions of the evening and the artwork? Yeah, they're really impressive. It's um, strange looking back over the last two and a bit years and seeing all that's happened and all that changed in that time. And it's um, really moving seeing the artworks that have come out of it. Um, there's one, one of the watercolour pieces that's two fish that apparently the story is that they were the, that was the only friendship this person saw for a significant period of time where these two fish greeting each other in the fish tank and and there's a few things like that that I think just really grab you and remind you how hard the last two years have been. I think in Yarra we're lucky to have lots of people from a refugee background and lots of current asylum seekers and we see how much value they bring to our community and how much um joy we all we all get from learning from each other and learning about different ways of life and and celebrating a, a new life we're creating together here and it's it's an important time to recognize that you know refugee policy in Australia still isn't great we still don't support people as much as we we could or should um, but we also can see that we've got these great people in our community who are contributing so much and it's a it's a nice time to celebrate that. And have you had any experience of healing like through human connection, like support groups or connection? And would you encourage community members to make those sort of connections? If I see someone struggling, I will say, stay away toxic situation, mm-hmm. no matter where it's from family, husband or friend. I will say, stay away from it and just take a decision. Mm-hmm. You need to take a decision before it's too late. Yeah. If you are in that toxic situation longer time you're not able to escape yeah. stay away from it have a routine yourself manage yourself stay away people only wanted when they wanted you mm. they never be around when you need it mm. don't give up it's hard i know but try to move forward mm. how can you move forward if you think it is too much to say to your friend what you're feeling look for counseling yeah but don't talk about deeply someone you don't trust it because what happened, you say what you're feeling and they go around and everyone knows your history. Yeah. So the privacy is so important. So you can go to counselor and say whatever you wanted and it will be safe yeah. for you. And you get better strategies, you know, to cope you. I don't like to be in drama situation. Yeah. I, I can't be there. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. I respect you when you respect me. Yeah. I help you when you're helping me. But you know, someone only using you when they wanna. Mm. But stay awake, open your eyes, watch mm. out who comes to your life. Mariam has said amazing things about human connections. As they say, one hand cannot collapse by itself. Yep. Yeah. That's how connection is. Mm-hmm. We might as well be very careful, as Mariam has mentioned, yeah. about people around us. Mm. who are the people that are bringing toxic behaviors around us Mm. and avoid those toxic behaviors just for our peace and our well-being. But as well, connection can be very positive as well if you connect with people that will elevate you, people that will help you, people that you always see. And it's not about connection, it's not about going to them. It's connection is about also asking, asking people if you need help, having that ability to ask I can say an example of myself. I was just a mother yeah, raising four children mm. in the room where I was depressed. Let me say I came out of it. I thank God. And until I came out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and connected with ladies, mm. 
mm-hmm. around my community, mm-hmm. I would have not been known who I am. Mm-hmm. My first connection came, and sometimes I go deep and I'm like, this cannot be my life. There uh-huh. is something better for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe if I reach out, yeah. I will get that. I started with even my neighborhood. I just go down, I put my kids in double prem, and I wow. hold their hand and just go down and talk to everybody passing by. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit weird because that's too friendly. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. time, sometime you want to tell myself, shh, yeah. you just, are you flattering around? Yeah. But you, it, it gave me that ability for other ladies to trust who I am yeah. because yeah. I've, opened up, I've opened up with them. Mm-hmm. I connected with them. And mm-hmm. I connected with them with the struggle of motherhood. Because mm-hmm. I asked them, I'm like, how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel this way when a certain thing happened that way? Do you mm-hmm. guys feel this way when you're breastfeeding? Your breasting what mm-hmm. if you want to rest and your child doesn't want to give you rest? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I started asking those Somalian women yeah. some questions. And they started answering me. And that's how I tr- started yeah. building this trust. And after yep. that trust... That trust went into a group yeah. whereby I started a group and the group comes together and now it becomes something. And yeah. all of a sudden people know there is Martha volunteering doing a group. Yeah. And mm-hmm. out of that, I am here today. Yeah. Yeah. And it all started with connections. True. For connection, I can say to my community, coming out of your comfort zone and connect with the organization. Mm-hmm. If there is activities being done or you've heard of it, you've seen a flyer, connect, you never know. Mm-hmm. You, you never, never know, know who you're going to meet. Yeah. You might meet someone who will give you employment straight away. Mm-hmm. My first employment came out of connections. Yeah. Wow. I was just invited in a, a Zoom meeting. Wow. By, by who? By one uh, g- guy called Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. He used to work with the uh, housing housing commission. Yeah. Alfred said, Martha, you are a great woman. There is a yeah. Zoom going on today <laughs> in a lockdown. There's a Zoom going on today. I'm going to connect you in that Zoom. Yeah. And I want you to come and speak your mind about, about the community. Community yeah. is struggling. We have some stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't mind. So that that Zoom had Laura in it. Mm. It has Brandon in it. Wow. Mm. And it had all other people who works here in it. Wow. And when I went to that Zoom, I Zoomed it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you zoomed, nice. zoomed on all I the problems. It. I Zoomed yeah. it because I know I had children around me. Yeah. My kids were giving me noise. They were not even giving me a chance to talk. Yeah. But I took only five minutes. Yeah. I, should, I took five minutes. I said, hello, my name is Martha. You guys need to know who I am. I used to run a community. Yeah. If you want to help community, you need another leader to help community. Exactly. If you need someone, my hand is up. Yeah. And I, I closed it. I didn't even know my boss is there. I closed it. Yeah. I uh-huh. said, look, I need to go and look after my kids. I'm going to cut this Zoom soon. And I'm really sorry to cut it short. I cannot stay here long. I have kids to look after. Mm-hmm. It is locked down and I'm going yeah. up the top of my roof. Bye. <laughs> that was really nice. I got yeah. a call back. Yeah. Imagine that. I got yeah. a call back through that. Yeah. And I got a call back because of how I came and yeah. connected with my heart. Yeah. So what I want to encourage our community who are going to listen to this tape is that yeah. you need to connect. You need to come out of your comfort zone. Don't stay mm-hmm. inside. Don't lock yourself inside. That's mm-hmm. it. Come out. Say hello. Come inside. Oh. If you don't have an appointment, come to North Richmond Community Health Center just to say hello to That's Mariam, it. to Ashut, to me, to yeah. any worker here. Any worker you never know. Here. Just speak and you might get some help that will get some help. Connection is when you connect with per- one person that will connect you with the third. Yeah. And the third connect you with the fourth. So human connection is very essential and it's very important in our life. Thank you, That's Martha. Very that was really nice. I remember, you know, me and Martha, we met in before, like, you know, 
just passing around in the high rises between putting my child to the childcare. And when she comes, like, I feel good. You need someone makes you happy and encourage you. You don't want someone takes you down. Yeah. And as a woman, as a mother, have a little child taking early morning to the childcare. And a lot of people just taking me down. Why are you putting risk to your child life? You're putting risk. Why wake him early? Why are you taking to the call? Stay home. Don't go work. That's the most of the time. You hear it. Mm. But Martha and few other women just encourage me when I pass around. I feel good. Oh, well done, Marianne. You're going to work. Yeah. Look after your child. That's good. Amazing. Keep going. You know, keep going. Mm. When you hear that, and someone, most of the time, you are man lady, you're wearing booties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you not need to wake up early? Because I wake up five. My child used to be in childcare. Yeah. And I'm waking up with the men going to work. And they think it's like, you know, you are a woman. You need to stay home. But I don't give up. Yeah. So yeah. me and Martha, just passing <laughs> me around, I feel happy when I see her because she just, you know, encouraged me to do what when, I need to I do. I remember <laughs> when we used to meet, I'm also taking my children to childcare because I was doing a course. Imagine And that. you are taking your child to childcare because you're going to a work. Yeah. In, in, uh, in childcare too. Oh, in HK. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember meeting you in 110 and I'm like, woman, you are doing amazing. Whatever you are doing, keep going. Because I had met fell down too. That's why I was encouraging you. I have met, yeah, a lot of people make me fell down. Why why do you take two children who are only six months to a childcare? Why would you do that? I'm like, no, I need to acquire knowledge. I because when they grow, I need to work. So I don't care. The childcare will look after them. They're not gonna be hurt. So it's all true. these women mm. at home now, we just see passing this information. <laughs> you can put your child to childcare and go to work. Yes. True, yeah. It helps you. And your child life will be changed. Don't just keep it your children connect, home. They need, connect, be, they need to be socialized and yes. learn the environment they live. Mm. And it helps you. If you are strong inside and outside, you're able to raise mm. your kids better way instead of just shutting down and lock it up into your home. That's true. Something that I really wanted to touch on it was like called migration trauma or migration grief. And it's basically, you know, it's defined as individual who migrate, experience multiple stresses that can impact their mental health, well-being, including the loss of cultural norms, religious customs and social support system, adjustment to a new culture and changes in identity and concept of self. For people, like what kind of a grief have you experienced when you came here leaving your country how would you advise people to get through it if i said it's very hard you know coming where you're born and coming to a new life it's lost a lot you know you lost it all your friends that you know mm. you lost it all your neighbors that you know and neighbors from africa and in australia are not the same they're different neighbors africa like they are familiar they are your own family. So it's lost a lot and we don't have enough time to say it, what we need to say. But I say it's very hard yeah. and it's not easy to build it up that relationship, that, you know, comfort zone. It's not easy in Australia. It takes time to get yeah. people like where you're born. The only thing I can mention that I had so much trouble with when I came, it's I could not call it trauma, but I call it challenges is that adjustment to a new culture. Mm. Australia had a culture. Mm. 
and the culture of Australia was completely different from the culture I came with. Mm. And I came loaded with my own culture. Mm. And it was so hard to let go of the culture that I came with. True. Mm. I have to work so hard to actually accommodate the two. I have to work hard to actually accommodate mm. the Australian culture mm. so that it suited my living in Australia. Yeah. So it's not like I let go my culture. It's not like yeah. I let go. I hold on to my culture on the good things. Mm. And then I also welcome Australian culture so that I can I can adjust and make adjustments so that I can live easy. Especially when I first came here, I had a struggle as a young young girl. Mm. And this is to young girls outside there. Mm. The, pe- the person who came with me, we had differences and mm. I had to move out of the house. Yeah. Went to my auntie's house. Yeah. Move out of my auntie's house because my auntie, you know, I had challenges. Yeah. I just need a place where I can find peace and study and do my uni. Mm. Couldn't find any, so went to my uncle. And the reason why I keep going from my family to family is because there's culture rooted in me that says a girl of a young age that is not married is not supposed to leave their family house and be going roaming. Mm. So I had to move from my family to family. And every time I go to my family, that family is even worse than the other one. (laughs) Because what I found from the other one is the same thing I found from the other one. And then I, I, I just running around. Finding Which peace, is, uh, trying to adjust into Australia living, and also I'm still holding on to my culture living. Mm-hmm. Walking around as a girl, sometimes I go friend sleep in my friend house for one month. I'll go and find another friend that will give me another month, like mm-hmm. that in between, until I find out that at the end it's all about me, my health, and my mm-hmm. peace. I decided to go to student accommodation. I yeah. took I took initiative to now step up to Australia way of living, yeah. and I said, oh. <laughs> You can, oh, in Australia, you can, if your parents doesn't want you, and yeah. you can just go to student accommodation. Yeah. So I went to student accommodation and found out in student accommodation, it was even worse. People are doing worse things. People are smoking at night. Oh. Music. <laughs> I can't even study. I can't, st- I was going there to study. I was looking for peace of mind. Cannot yeah. even find it. Yeah. So when I, I'm like, what am I going to do here? So from there, I decided to say, look, maybe I need to settle. Yeah. So I can have a secure home. Mm. Yeah. And that's what leads me. Mm. Yeah. In in settling easy. Mm. Nice. Which has not worked because there was something rushed. Yep. But it is a struggle to adjust yeah. in between cultures in Australia and a lot of kids wish yeah. their parents are imposing those cultures on them mm. are yeah. now still struggling as young children because of the same thing. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thank you. There's a lot, I guess, to yeah. unpack, which we also language is a <laughs> yeah. huge one, Languages, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, that's another topic for yeah. another yeah. day, but I'll thank you guys. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you, thank you for Martha, having for us. having your insightful words into yeah. this podcast, and we'll end here. that's all we have for today so thanks for listening remember that refugee health nurses caseworkers social workers and counsellors are, are a very important part of settlement so please do look at the podcast notes for these important contacts and event dates that we have here at NLCH we have lots of community events and workshops You just never know who you're going to meet. It could be someone who will be part of your support network. 
Once again, thank you for being with us and see you next time.